Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbenner, author, speaker, coach, and podcaster. But most importantly, I am your chief hope builder. If you're the mom of an addicted loved one, you are not alone. And if so, you need hope. And that's why I'm here. Because when our children are in the throes of addiction, moms are exhausted, we're anxious, angry, Sometimes we're hurt and afraid and burned out and we are grieving for the loss of dreams we had for our um, children. And we're oftentimes heartbroken and uncertain about what to do. So today I'm going to share with you something that I created just based on, you know, my journey and some of the things I've learned along the way because One of the things that just breaks my heart is when I see moms in our private Facebook group, Moms Letting Go, or in the private Facebook group, Almighty Mom Tribe, sometimes moms get angry at their loved ones. And it doesn't help. um, It keeps our addicted loved ones in shame and it holds them there. And so today I'm just going to talk about the BLESS method of how to communicate with your addicted loved one, especially when you feel like you're just going to scream and lecture and everything else because we've been there. (laughs) Trust me, I know I have been. So I'm going to just kind of show you, share with you the BLESS method. Carl Jung, who was a Swiss psychologist, said the most damaging thing in the life of a child is the unlived life of a parent. This is so profound. I'm going to say it again. The most damaging thing in the life of a child is the unlived life of a parent. And if you are the mom of an addicted loved one, you are probably not living the life for yourself you ever thought you'd be living, right? You're probably stuck. You're not serving others. You're not using your gifts to build up the kingdom You are stuck in anxiety, maybe um, worry. You're not sleeping. I get it. Um, So again, I'm going to be sharing the BLESS method, loving your child through addiction. Everyone wants to feel heard, right? And so when humans, um, it's, it's our basic need. One of our basic needs is to feel listened to and understood. And when we don't feel like our point of view is being heard, we can become lonely, sad, frustrated. And yes, this happens to moms of addicted loved ones. And that's why we have our support groups, right? Because we don't feel like we're alone. But what about your child? When your child talks to you, does he or she feel heard by you? Think about that. Are we really listening? Or is what are is what we believe getting in the way? I know it was for me, and it still is. I have to work on this and practice this every day. Because we can see the self-destruction in our children's lives, and, and we're like, what are you doing? And we want to beat them over the head with what we know, with our wisdom. So, but... One of the things I I want to tell you, I shared this blessed method with my son and daughter-in-law. And my daughter-in-law, they've been in recovery now for two years. But my daughter-in-law said when she was in the throes of addiction, 
and she didn't feel heard like or if somebody she felt like somebody was belittling her or judging her or she just lost all her confidence she would use again it would it would just put her right back into the cycle right because it's that hurt it's that pain and they want to numb themselves from the pain when they don't measure up when they feel like you know they they're just can't do anything right they will use again to help themselves feel better now here's what i will say yes my daughter-in-law felt that way but is that, is it our job to control them and if they use or they don't use. No, it's not our job to make them happy. We cannot, we're not responsible for that. Um, We can't um, control what they do, right? We can't cure them, we can't control it. But we can respond differently. We can communicate differently, right? And no, we're not doing it because we're trying to control them, but we're doing it because we don't want to have any regrets. If our addicted loved one overdoses tomorrow and loses their life, we want to make sure that our last words are loving. At least that's how I felt. And I look back on when Ryan was in addiction and I think, oh my gosh, I had detached. I was totally removed from his life because I couldn't handle seeing him, right? I couldn't, I would, I would just tremble if I saw him and saw how sick he was. I, I couldn't cope. But, you know, now I look at him and think, well, could there have been a better way, a different way to communicate, a more loving way? And if I had, would he have gotten into recovery sooner? I asked him those questions. That's the beauty of this is, Now that they're in recovery, I could ask him. And he said, Mom, you cannot think for one minute that what you did or didn't do would have helped because it was my journey. And yes, that helped me through, through, it it helps me to hear that. But living with myself, I think that I could have been more loving um, and listened better. And if I had, maybe, just maybe, he would have gotten into recovery sooner. He said, one of the things moms need to remember more importantly than anything is that addicts are manipulative. And he knew all the ways to communicate with me to break through whatever he could to get what he wanted, right? Whether it was groceries or for us to pay for his car or for us to pay for anything, like he knew all he had to do was call me and listen, listen to me lecturing to get through it um, and just say, you're, mom, you're right, mom, you're right to get what he wanted, right? And so it's really important when we communicate that we understand like where our role is and what is really happening. So the BLESS method is this, and if nothing more, it's going, to get, it's going to help you think through how you communicate with your loved one. And this can, help, this can help you with your spouse, with your other children, with your coworkers. It's just going to help you be a better listener, a better um, communicator. So the BLESS method is the B-L-E-S-S. B is to be calm. L is to listen better. 
E is to empower your child to take action. S is to stay in your lane. And S is to keep it in short sentences. So I'm going to go through that again, letter by letter, because there's a lot here. But B was to be calm. L is to listen better. And I'm going to take you through my peace method of how to do that. Um, to an E is to empower your child to take action. S is to stay in your lane. And the other S is to keep the short sentences. So be calm. Being calm is an inside job, right? <laughs> and But yet we can trick somebody and, and be jumping around inside and appear calm on the outside, right? But there are a couple techniques to that we can use in order to help us stay calm, be calm. And one of that is breathing. That's another B, right? Be calm, breathing. If you just put your finger beneath your nose and breathe in and out. And just monitor your breathing. It's amazing what you can do, how much you can relax and stay calm if you just control your breathing. The other way to stay calm is to remember that feelings are not facts. So if you're feeling like you're anxious, you're worried, oh my gosh, my child's going to die, those aren't facts. Those are just feelings. And so often our negative thoughts are not reality, are not reality. So in the, in the calm, we're going to replace our fear with faith. The next I'm going to share with you is the L. Listen more. Listen more. And the listen are um, difficult steps. They're steps to listening. And I'm going to take you through the PEACE method. P-E-A-C-E. As soon as I come back from this station break, I will go over the listen, the empower, and the S's. But first, I will go through the listen, listening the peace way. Stay tuned. It's Michelle, and I am back talking about my BLESS method to communicating with your addicted loved one, your other children, your spouse, whoever that may be. And I went over the B and the L is to listen. And in that L of the blessed method, it's um, there are steps. And I'm going to share those steps with you. The peace way. So peace stands for P is for paraphrase. E is for emotion. A is for affirm. C is for consent. And E is for empathy. And so when we start, um, I want to break down every single letter and word, but I want to show you what that looks like in a real live example, okay? So let's say your child um, says, I lost my job, and you respond with the P. 
you paraphrase and there's no sarcasm or anger. You just kind of re-say what they just said or paraphrase. You might say something like, oh, you lost your job. So you're just kind of repeating that or paraphrase. You can Sometimes you can just put it in your own words. And the child says, yeah, I came in late. Stupid alarm never went off. And the mom would say, think about the E for emotion. You sound upset. And the child, hell yeah, I'm pissed. I needed that job. And this is where the mom's going to give the A or affirm, oh, you gave them a lot of hours. I'm sure they are going to miss you. And the child says, I don't know what I'm going to do now. And the mom here asks for consent to make a suggestion. She says, can I make a suggestion? Um, She doesn't offer any advice. She asks. And the child says, as long as you don't say, oh, I told you so. And the mom says, I heard that so-and-so is hiring. Maybe you could apply there. If he's or she is present, you can pat their hand, give their arm a squeeze, and say, rejection never feels good. I'm so sorry. And that is the E for empathy, right? The E for empathy. So we use the P for paraphrase, E for emotion, A for affirm, C for consent, and E for empathy. Now, just because we're reacting that way, doesn't mean that we are agreeing with what happened. It doesn't mean that we aren't angry or frustrated. Um, Because here in my example, here's what I would have been thinking. Well, of course they fired you. You go in late all the time. Or maybe if you quit partying the night before, you'd make it on time. Or I might be thinking, great, how are you going to pay your bills now? That was really stupid. Like, I am not giving you one more dime. Or we might want to say, yeah, if you quit drinking or quit taking the drugs, you know, you'd you'd be able to come to work on time. Like, all those things are going through our heads, right? But this is learning a new, new way of communicating. It's not... It, it's not taking away what you feel or what you want to say. It's just, ta- it's just putting um, their, it's just listening. It's just listening to them. And once you start doing this, you will feel so, um, so much more free because you won't own it. You won't, because some of us might, might have even wanted to say, oh my gosh, no problem, let me take care of you for a while, or we'll get through this instead of you will get through this, or those idiots, I can't believe they fired you after after how much they you've given to them, right? So we can't jump on their, you know, excuse wagon either. But if we learn how to respond, it can be powerful. Um, because in doing it and listening, we are going to be able to do the next part of the BLESS method, and that is to empower them. But before before I go on to the E, I just want to give you another example, because the more you hear this, maybe the easier it'll be. And you can practice this on your grandkids, on your spouse, on anybody. And all it is is listening, being a better listener without trying to um, give advice or lecture or anything. So let's say your child calls and says, my cell phone broke. Well, moms, how many times have you tried to support your child with their cell phone, right? I mean, like forever. And so if we paraphrase that, we might just say something like, or 
you know, repeat what they said. Oh, your cell phone broke. Um, child, how am I supposed to get a job now if, if nobody can get a hold of me? Well, in our heads, we might, we might be thinking, well, yeah, you should have thought of that earlier, but we're not going to say that. Instead, instead, we're going to stay present in where they're at, meet them where they are right now in that moment. Oh, I don't know what you're going to do, but you sound really frustrated. That's the emotion, right? Hell yeah, I'm frustrated. I'm not going to be able to pay you back or help with the kid's support this month. So now in that sentence, the child is trying to manipulate you because he knows, he or she knows that they owe you money, that you're maybe um, you're supporting his children. Maybe he knows that you don't have a lot of money coming in. And this is where it's going to really hurt you more is, you know, he's going to try to trick you into getting him a phone so that he can get a job to help you with support. But, you know, if if we really look at that, how often has that happened recently, right? Um, but instead of, you know, getting emotional about that sentence and buying into his manipulation, we're going to say um, not being able to help hurts. See, that's where he's at. He feels like, wow, I can't help out now. And that hurts him because he doesn't feel capable. Um, maybe it it doesn't help build his self-esteem and the child. So now he says, well, what am I going to do now? And this is where, again, you ask for consent. Can I make a suggestion? No, not unless you're going to give me the money for a new phone. Well, remember the last time I helped, mom says, I said it would be my last time. It's a new boundary, so I know it's it's tough for you, but I have to stick with it, and I'm confident you're going to find the resources. I will pray that something changes for you. And there you're giving them the empathy. You know, you're being empathetic to them, like, wow, yeah, this is, you're in a tough spot. I'm sorry about that. But mom, did you cause it? Can you cure it? You know, it is is just giving him a phone, is that going to help him in his addiction recovery? And I have a lot of moms asking me this question. If I buy my child a phone, am I enabling them? And here's what I will say always, always, always. I will never tell a mom what to do. Never. Like you take what you need from from my teaching or my leading and um if it doesn't work, leave it, right? I can't make that decision for you either. And I won't be responsible for that. But some moms, it's worth it to pay for their phone so that they know they can call their child and know that they have a, it's a safety factor. So that might be true for you. But I'm just saying, you know, anytime your child calls you with a need to get what he wants, um, there will be manipulation and there will be um, a decision that you have to make. But if you use the peace method of listening, you paraphrase what they say, you share their emotion, you affirm the way they feel. You, 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 know, you give them an affirmation, I understand. Um, you ask for consent if you're going to make a suggestion. You don't just offer a suggestion and you give them empathy for the way they feel. It doesn't mean that you agree but it just, you know, think of yourself and anytime you've told a friend something and they say to you, oh, 
I know how you feel. This happened to me. And then they go into their rant. No, 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 no. (laughs) They don't want to hear, you know, what happened to you. They just want you to listen to their story. And they don't want you to teach them. They just want to be affirmed and um, have somebody be empathetic. So in the BLESS method, we've talked about be calm, right? Listen better. I just shared my peace method. And the next letter is E for empower your child to take action. So what does the word empower mean? It means to give power to blank. So when we empower, we are giving our child the power. And it is so freeing and liberating when we realize that we can't take control. We don't have power of their lives. Only they do. And so when we continually give it back to them, it's going to shorten their road to recovery because they're going to have to take all the consequences of their actions. We're not going to, we're not going to buffer that, right? We're not going to buffer that with a, with a hot cup of tea and a tissue. We're just going to say, oh, what are you going to do about it, right? It's not our problem. So the S, the first S in bless is to stay in your lane. And what do I mean by that, right? Well, to stay in your lane is your lane would be your marriage or your what you have in your life. Your job is your responsibility. Your marriage, your relationship with your spouse is your responsibility. It's your lane. If you are if you are a legal guardian or a guardian to your addicted loved ones, children, your lane is with them. It's to advocate for their safety always. I often see moms and who want to um, facilitate a better relationship with their addict with their grandchildren. And you can't make that happen. You just can't. Because when somebody is in the throes of addiction, all they think about is getting their next high. They can't think about the relationship they have with their children. And there's trauma there with a grandchild. The The grandchild doesn't understand that. Uh, when when our son and daughter-in-law were so in addiction, they still wanted to see their children, but I would not tolerate it without me being there because I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know the strangers that they had in their home. So I said, sure, you're welcome to visit with them. But I always had a mediator. So I had a counselor in present who would play games with them. And oftentimes moms and the mom and dad were high in during their sessions, but at least I wasn't the bad guy. I wasn't the one who was, you know, blocking them from that visit, right? Um, I wanted to facilitate that, but yet I was advocating for the kids. And sometimes they would say, Mimi, I don't want to go. And I would say, okay, you don't have to go because I knew that they were upset. It was making things worse. So your job to stay in your lane is to advocate for your grandkids if that's something that you are doing. Um, if if you are in that role, right? And I hope you are, because if you're addicted, um, children have children, they are being neglected, most likely, and maybe abused. And um, if there's any way that you can remove them from that environment until your son or daughter get into recovery, it's going to make a huge difference in the cycle of addiction in your grandchild's life. I saw this quote, 
If you erase all the mistakes of your past, you will also erase all the wisdom of your present. Remember the lesson, not the disappointment. Here's the thing. When we stay in our lane, our children have to go through the action of living that experience. And who is the best teacher for everybody? Who's the best teacher? It's experience. It's reflective experience. It's being able to look back on those mistakes in the past and learn from them. That's where our wisdom comes from, right? And so I had this mom reach out to me and it was through a private message. Um, I don't remember her name because it wasn't important. The message here was really important. She said, I don't want my son to go through all this difficulty um, because of um, my addiction. Like she said, I used to be an addict and I don't want my son to have to go through what I went through. And I said, but wait a minute, you got through it. You're sober, you're functioning, you're healthy. Have you, you know, talked about your experience with your son? And she said, well, yeah, I have. But... um, you know, I, I I guess it's just so hard to think that he has to learn it the hard way like I did. I used to think that, you know, I was, even though I was an addict, I was above other people, the dope had people. But she said, I learned that everything I have has been given to me by God and that I'm a blessful woman. And it, it was going through these difficult times that I learned that, all the th- all the things that I have in my life are from God, and I'm so grateful. And I said, wait a minute, go back and reread what you just wrote. Reread what you wrote. It will help remind you that nobody could have told you what you had learned. How did she gain her wisdom? Through living through the difficult times, right? So the best teacher is reflective experience. We don't want them to struggle but it's the struggle that shapes who they become. And this mom wrote back and she goes, oh my goodness, I was blindsided because of the pain, focusing on that instead of the journey. Oh my gosh. She says, I'm speechless. Thank you so much. You're a true blessing, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's true or not, but I I hope that it helped her see this. When we rescue our children from their poor choices, or the consequences of them. We rob them of their journey and what they learn along the way. Sometimes it's our journey through life that launches us into our purpose. Where there is pain, there is purpose. So to rob someone of their journey is like taking away their purpose. When we're, when we're rescuing them, are we getting in God's way? Is it possible that we're getting in God's way? And if our, if our goal is to see our loved ones get into recovery sooner, shouldn't we allow that to happen? That, you know, take the consequences of your actions, um, allow that to happen sooner so they do get into recovery sooner. And the only way we're going to do that is to just stay in our lane, right? So, and then the S, the, the last S in the word bless stands for short, So I think I already shared, I love to lecture. And when Ryan would have one crisis after another while he was using, I would lecture and he knew, I I promise, he knew that if he just sat through those lectures at the end, he would always get what he wanted. 
Why? Because that's what happened every single time, right? I bailed him out. I helped him out. And I found this, this um, statistic that I thought was kind of funny. It says, listening to nagging or complaining for 30 minutes or more can cause damage to the part of your brain that handles problem-solving skills. Okay, 30 minutes or more, like how many times have I nagged my son and lectured him? And to think that it caused damage to the brain that handles problem-solving skills, no wonder why he couldn't problem-solve his own problems. Like he couldn't solve his own problems, right? Because I kept solving them for him. And, um, you know, there's no... There's nothing to be gained in, in doing that, really, for the child. That's how they gain their self-esteem, right? So just recap here. The BLESS method is to be, be calm. L is to listen better using the peace method, peace way. Empower is the E. Empower your child to take action. S is to stay in your lane. And the other S is to use short sentences. You just want to keep it short. Shorter is better. Less is more. So the peace method, again, was paraphrase, emotion, affirm, consent, and empathy. So if you think about communicating with your loved ones using the blessed method and listening with peace, I am so hopeful that you can learn how to respond more effectively. I'm confident that you can do this. Practice on your friends. They don't need to know, but just practice listening. Practice on your grandchildren when they come to you and they're crying about something. And, you know, you want to fix it. You want to solve it for them. Um, Ask them, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. What are you going to do? See what happens. Empower them. So hopefully you've learned something from this BLESS method. I have shared this in a webinar, and I will continue to share this. If you have found benefit from this, please reach out and let me know. If you're interested in joining our Almighty Mom Tribe, you can do that at momslettinggo.teachable.com and click on, there's many courses there, but click on the Almighty Mom Membership and you'll get all the courses in that membership. It's quite a deal. God bless, and I look forward to serving you again soon.